it's all you never saw Been in trouble with the law since the day they was born Welcome to Atari Bytes, the show where we take a bite out of the story within a classic Atari 2600 game. See if that story bites us back. My name is Bill. I'm your host. This is episode 247. Thanks for listening. Welcome back, everybody. With me, as frequently happens, is Henry. Hi, Henry. Hi. How you doing today? Good. I hope all of you listening are doing well, too. We are deep in the murky midst, whatever. The middle part of October, there's a crispness in the air, leaves have started to fall, even at my house, where it is now unusual for the trees to wait until December to drop their leaves. Uh, we may actually have to go out, well I know we're going to go out later and rake leaves, uh, or uh, mud lawn rather, probably not rake leaves today, but you can definitely tell that the leaves are coming. We should probably go buy a pumpkin or something, shouldn't we Henry? Halloween is coming soon. Mm. What are you going to be for <laughs> Halloween, Henry? Yeah, me either. I'm going to go as a tired middle-aged man. That's my costume for this year. If any of you have Atari-based costumes that you have planning for Halloween, go ahead and send us pictures uh, so we can enjoy those. In news this week, you got any news this week, Henry? No. Anything going on? No. No? Still drawing, right? I would refer people back to the Instagram. Some of his artwork is still up there. If you want to check it out, and if there's anything that tickles your artsy fancy let us know which one you like and henry will send you a signed print for a reasonable price so that's always an option if you have any custom artworks personalized artworks you would like him to do it's a reasonable request we can talk about that too he is i i shouldn't speak for the artist you're still open to that right yep he's nodding his head he's already busy on our upcoming segment what game is henry playing while we podcast about another game but we'll get to that later if anyone wants to send us a jingle to introduce that segment uh, i would still really like that all right, as far as news for me this week, it seems like I was going to mention something when I got on the show today. What was it, Henry? Yeah, Henry can't read my mind. I don't know. Maybe it'll come to me as the show goes on. I guess then we'll just get on to this week's game. This week's game is The Dukes of Hazard. I watched The Dukes of Hazard TV show faithfully every single week because back then you had to watch shows on TV weekly as they came out. When I was about Henry's age, every single week I watched this thing. The adventures of Bo and Luke Duke, cousins, uh, uh, on probation in Hazard County, Georgia, fighting against the corrupt sheriff and the, the political boss, Boss Hogg, who are up to you know, nefarious schemes. And they would, the Dukes would ride around in their orange Dodge Charger with the Confederate flag on top, but we won't talk about that. The O-1 on the side, and they would help the, the little guy and... and do things and Uncle Jesse would would advise them and, and Daisy Duke would run around in short shorts and stuff. It was all very late 70s, early 80s TV. Mostly what you watched for was, well, Daisy, but if you were a little bit younger like me, you watched for the orange car to jump over stuff. And that was basically the TV show. A huge hit, second only to Dallas, which ruled TV ratings at that time. 
uh, in Dukes of Hazard, I think, aired right after it, or right before it. Monster hit on TV. Kids loved it. I rewatched some episodes several years ago on one of the cable channels that was running it, just to see if it held up, and uh, it does not. It's a terrible show. Fun show if you're a kid, but as an adult, when you have more critical thinking skills, you realize uh, this is a dopey show. So, sorry, adult Dukes of Hazard fans, but it is not a great show. But I still hold fond memories of watching it as a kid. So, it is not surprising, in the early 80s, video game manufacturers wanted to get in on this juggernaut, and Atari came up with a game. But they developed it, they put it on, burned it onto ROMs, they were all set to put it in cartridges and send it out, and then they're like, no, I don't think so. So, this game was never released. It was put together, I saw different dates. On the game itself, the ROM that I played, it says 1983. Some of the stuff I read said 1984. This TV show, I think, ended in 1985. So, uh, somewhere in that area, mid early 80s, this game was developed, like I say, all set to be released, and wasn't. The half-assed research that I did always seemed to come to the conclusion that we don't know why it wasn't released. We're all very puzzled why it was never released, but it was not. If you guys have some insight into that, let me know. I don't have an instruction manual for this game. I don't know if they ever even bothered to write one, but this premise is pretty straightforward. You're in the General Lee... You're trying to outrun Sheriff Roscoe P. Coltrane and Deputy Enos Strait. They're each in their own police cars, chasing you around Hazard County. You are trying to get to the jail where Boss Hogg has imprisoned Daisy Duke. We don't know why she's in jail, but she is. You're trying to go bust her out. So the whole game is you trying to get to the jail. There are obstacles, little dots that I thought you could pick up and put back down for to stop the sheriff. Henry, in the field report, points out to me uh, that I'm a doofus, and if you touch them, it just slows you down, because they're basically uh, spike strips. So basically, you're just trying to outrun the, the sheriff and the deputy. At one point, there's a water hazard, get it, hazard, like Hazard County, that you can get stuck in. You can crash into things. It slows you down. I'm not sure how you, I, I think the only way you actually lose a life is if the police car touches you, which it can do at odd times, and, and basically, one of the reviews I read calls it ramming speed. The first level, though, actually isn't that hard. We mostly just, Henry and I, played the first level this morning, and it's really not that difficult to get to the jail. You bust Daisy out. The song Dixie plays for some reason, not the Dukes of Hazard theme. I assume it's a licensing thing, but it just seems odd. Uh, there's a cut screen, really nice image of the General Lee, which looks a lot more like the General Lee than the one in the game itself. Jumping over a washed-out bridge as the sun is setting, or rising, not sure. It's a really nice image. I'd like to have it framed on my wall somewhere. That's how good it is. Uh, and then you repeat. Do the more of the same thing. Boss Hog and Daisy, very well rendered sprites of them up on the top of the screen, just sort of stand there and wave at you. You don't ever get to see the Dukes themselves, you know, Bo and Luke or the Sheriff or Enos. You just see the cars. The cars, to me, look like the cars from Auto Racing, the Intellivision game. They really don't look like... Other than the fact that the, the white one has a flashing light on it and you can hear the siren, it doesn't look much like a police car. Uh, the General Lee is more reddish than orange. And it just has an X on the top, which is a white X, which is vaguely like sort of kind of the Confederate flag, but not really. Uh, but the only reason it's the General Lee is because you know that's what it is. So yeah, that is how you play Dukes of Hazard. I'm not rich or famous. I'm not a movie star, rock icon, first responder, nurse, doctor, or anybody else whom we all look up to. I'm just a schnook.
Just like Bill, I love to tell stories. Unlike Bill, though, I'm not creative enough to write my own, so I just tell my own real-life stories in this book-read-by-the-author-style podcast, all about life lessons growing up, and every episode, a segment about music. Music that I love, artists that I admire, and sometimes even my own music. You can find Autobiography of a Schnook on all your favorite podcast suppliers, or you can go to schnookpodcast.com. That's S-C-H-N-O-O-K podcast.com. And I firmly believe the good goes around, and I sincerely hope that Autobiography of a Schnook proves to be some good that goes around your way. The Coleco version is the one that came out in 84. Developed and published by Coleco for their ColecoVision game console and Coleco Atom computer. Elite Systems released a different game with the same title for the ZX Spectrum's computer on February 23rd of 85. Both versions are based on the television series. The game was designed by Lawrence Schick and Paul Jacques. Atari, according to Wikipedia, made two separate attempts to release the 2600 version. Both versions failed to materialize. Initially, Atari attempted to revamp the graphics of an unreleased Atari 2600 port of their arcade game, Stunt Cycle, to convert it to, into a Dukes of Hazard game, but abandoned that in November of 82, for unknown reasons. Then Atari Age reported about a new video game in development at Atari that would be based on a popular CBS television series later revealed to be Dukes of Hazard for the 2600. Mark Hahn, the game's sole programmer, had a development team stationed in New York, while the majority of Atari staff was based in California. Han said California didn't help a whole lot. Quote, there was a lot of competition between the New York and California offices. Nobody from marketing, which was in California, was willing to tell me they didn't like the game. So I did demos of several screens. They said they liked them. And then I got working on gameplay. Close quote. Then in 83, Atari, for unknown reasons again, chose to have the unfinished game burned onto a large number of ROM chips, but abruptly canceled the game before the chip to be placed into cartridges and shipped. The game was nearly completed. Atari was not satisfied with the graphics, which lacked in comparison to other games the company was releasing at the time. Han only learned of the game's cancellation from the secretary of an Atari VIP and said, quote, I'd put months of very long days and weekends into the game. I was a bit upset. Close quote. The game contained many glitches and gameplay issues. One of the game's major glitches included Roscoe and Enos abruptly ramming into the General Lee if it got too close to their vehicles, resulting in the player losing a life, which we noticed the little bit that we played this morning. The ZX Spectrum premise of the game is a little bit different. Boss Hog threatens to seize the General Lee as collateral unless Bo Duke and Luke Duke can provide $5,000 owed to him. The boys entered the annual Hazard County cross-country road race, hoping to win the first place prize coincidentally, $5,000, but Hogg and the Hazard County police attempt to halt their efforts. The game is played as a continuously scrolling roadway with the General Lee traveling from left to right. You can change lanes and speed. Enemy vehicles can be avoided or destroyed using dynamite sticks. However, Daisy and her Jeep must not be destroyed. The Coleco version's premise involves some Daisy Duke who has been abducted by Jeremiah Sting, and the goal is to catch him by passing his blue car while avoiding Boss Hogg. The game ends if the player is stopped by Boss Hogg or if the player wrecks the General Lee. You have to drive at perfect speed. Driving too slow results in being caught by Hogg. Driving too fast results in a vehicle collision with oncoming traffic. A rearview mirror provides the player with a way to look out for Hogg player must also avoid obstacles such as oil slicks and damaged bridges. The game makes use of the ColecoVision's expansion module 2, steering wheel, pedal, peripheral, and additionally requires both that the player shift gears. If anyone's played the ZX Spectrum or Coleco version of Dukes of Hazard, I think we'd all be curious to hear how those compare. Atari Protos 
observes that perhaps uh, Atari abandoned the first attempt, the one to uh, convert Stunt Cycle into the game, is that by the time they got to this, that game was pretty outdated, which may explain why Atari was so eager to get this Dukes of Hazard game out the door quickly as possible, and perhaps their use of the Dukes of Hazard license was about to expire. Either way, it's quite obvious that this version was not ready for release and needs a bit of tweaking to make it playable. Dukes of Hazard is an interesting game with a lot of potential. It's a shame Atari wasn't willing to wait until it was ready. I kind of agree. As a kid, I never played Dukes of Hazard, although this was right around the time I was playing Atari. Uh, by 84, would I have switched to Nintendo? I'm not sure. Probably not. I was probably still playing Atari, and I was a huge Dukes of Hazard fan. I would have eaten this game up. I don't know why... Well, I know why I never had it, but... I would certainly have been waiting in line at Target, where I usually got my Atari games back then, to pick this one up, and I probably would have been disappointed. I know when I got the Superman game, first of all, I had to wait because it sold out, and I had to get a rain check. Kids, go ask your parents what a rain check is, because uh, we saw it in the ad, like the Sunday paper ad, Kids, go ask your parents. Uh, and me and Dad ran down to Target so I could pick this game up. I might have even been using my own money. I'm not positive about that. But they were sold out, and I had to get a rain check. And I don't remember how long it took for the game to come in. But it did, finally. And I was super disappointed, because Superman the game, not a great game for such an iconic property as Superman. And I probably would have had the same reaction to Dukes of Hazard if this is the game that came out. It does clearly need some work. It's pretty basic, as is. I like the premise, uh, busting Daisy out of jail, uh, but while being chased by Roscoe and Enos. It's a very Dukes of Hazard type premise. I feel like there should be more jumping over things and stuff like that. But, you know, and, and sneaky stuff with oil slicks and maybe laying down spike uh, strips for Roscoe or something. Stuff like that. But given a little more time, they probably could have come up with that stuff and made a game that little me, with my own money, would have been super proud to have bought. But that never happened, unfortunately. The Dukes of Hazard TV show premiered on January 26, 1979. It ended on February 8, 1985, 147 episodes over seven seasons, consistently among the top-rated TV series for the late 70s, ranking second only to Dallas. I already kind of told you what the premise of the show is. They drive a customized 69 Dodge Charger, nicknamed the General Lee, which became an iconic symbol for the show. As many people observed, a lot of people really only watch the show to watch the car do stuff. Bo Duke was played by John Schneider. Luke Duke was played by Tom Wopat. Daisy was Catherine Bach. Uncle Jesse was played by Denver Pyle. Boss Hogg, Sorrel Brook, Sheriff Roscoe P. Coltrane, played by James Best. Enos Strait was played by Sonny Schroyer, whose name stand out. Around this time, I was very much into writing letters, fan letters, to people on TV shows that I liked. Didn't even remember how much I liked the show. If I liked the show at all, I would write a fan letter. And in those days, it was a paper letter, and you could send it to some production office at some TV studio somewhere, and they would distribute it to that actor's people, I assume. And then there would be a, a range of responses from very much form letters, thanks for your letter, keep watching the show kind of thing, with the uh, actor's signature stamped on it. Sometimes it'd be a little more personal, like what appeared to be a handwritten note. Sonny Schroyer... I remember I got, like, I think a group photo for the Dukes of Hazard people, but then Sonny Schroyer went on to do a spinoff from Dukes of Hazard just called Enos, and I think it was at that point that I wrote to him, and, and he wrote back with a little postcard, and I, I think in the letter I wrote to him for some reason, I didn't do this all the time, and I don't know why I did it with him, but I think I stuck a piece of gum, like a 
like a piece of big red or, or uh, Wrigley spearmint or something in the letter. I don't know why I did it, but he wrote back and personalized his note with thanks for the gum on it. So 10-year-old me, that was pretty cool. Clearly somebody took the time to make a note of that kind, whether it was actually him or some assistant, I don't know, but that was cool. I think I still have a, that folder with all those autographs in it somewhere. Someday we can get rich off of that. But yeah, any TV show, mid-80s, I probably have a signed autograph from somebody. So Dukes of Hazard is no no exception to that. The main villains of the show are Boss Hogg, who is sort of the political boss. He's the corrupt county commissioner for Hazard County. He's always got some schemes going, or he's got you know any any nefarious criminal who comes to town to make mischief has to give a cut to Boss Hogg. His corrupt sheriff brother-in-law, I think, is Roscoe, and then Enos is just sort of the wide-eyed, innocent deputy. He's not necessarily corrupt, but he is a sort of by-the-book sheriff's deputy, and the Duke boys are always trying to foil Boss Hogg's schemes. That's pretty much every episode. Henry, I'm going to say it's pretty safe to guess you've never seen an episode of Dukes of Hazard. Does it sound like something you'd want to watch? Mm-hmm. If we could find it on cable somewhere, you'd sit down and watch it? Sure. Henry's pretty open-minded. He might check it out. Given the era that we live in, we should probably mention the flag on top of the car. The show takes place in Georgia. There is a Confederate flag on the roof of the car. The Confederate flag, among the many controversies of 2020, has become an issue again. Not that long ago, the cable channel that had been running, Dukes of Hazzard reruns, pulled the reruns. I don't know that there was ever officially given a reason, but everyone sort of assumes it's because of this Confederate flag on the car. The Confederate flag was never really a big part of the show. They did call the car the General Lee, but it it never really felt like a political show. There was not a whole lot said about it. It was just sort of there. Clearly there was pride. The Dukes had pride in being uh, who they were living in Hazard County, but that was about as far as it went. Still, people are concerned about the Confederate flag on the car. Time Magazine put out an article in 2015, James Poniewozik, which I'm sure I'm mispronouncing. This was when TV Land pulled the reruns. Amid controversy after the racist massacre in Charleston, whose perpetrator had posed with the banner. Network hadn't given a reason, but the timing was tough to overlook. The move prompted an outraged reaction from co-star John Schneider. Quote, The Dukes of Hazzard was, was and is no more a show seated in racism than Breaking Bad was a show seated in reality. Close quote. This was in 2015, but apparently you could still watch the pilot for Dukes of Hazzard for free on Amazon and subsequent episodes for $1.99 apiece. And this guy did that. I haven't looked to see if it's still on Amazon. He refers to the show as a gloriously shiny and empty as a collector's metal lunchbox. A southern fried cartoon, which later became an actual cartoon. I watched that too. Jacked up with 70s T&A. Dukes is also a fascinating document of its time in history, both TV and American. Dukes premiered in 1979 at the height of Jiggle TV, such as Three's Company and Charlie's Angels, and the Carter-era pop fascination with southern good old boy stories. It was also post-Watergate, where suspicion of, quote, the man, became mainstream and some of the most popular screen heroes were charming rogues who broke laws enforced by corrupt authorities. The premise of the show is set out in the theme song by Waylon Jennings, made it clear that Bo and Luke were good old boys but also fighting the system. Traditionalists but also rebels. Not political but at least small c conservative in that they stood for the old ways and ancient traditions. The Duke's pilot doesn't talk about the flag directly but does allude to the Civil War in a scene that explains why Uncle Jesse gave up the 200-year-old family moonshine business 
to save his nephews from jail. On the one hand, the Duke boy's car is the General Lee. On the other hand, their ultimate enemy, Jefferson Davis Hogg, is named for the president of the, basically, of the Confederacy. Nothing about slavery or states' rights, but the myth-making is familiar enough. They fly the Confederate flag, but they're outside any negative ideas you have about the Confederacy. Ben Jones, the former Georgia congressman who played the Duke's co-conspirator, Cooter, and now owns apparently a a chain of Hazard-themed museums, insisted, quote, in Hazard County there was never any racism, close quote. More accurately, the article says there just wasn't much race. The black characters in the pilot are limited to a construction worker with no lines in the first chase scene and a small part for the Duke's friend Brody, played by Champ Laidler, credited with two episodes in total. Later, there would be a minor recurring role for the African-American sheriff of a neighboring county. That's not to say the Dukes of Hazzard was some kind of diabolical historical whitewash so much as it was a network TV show in 1979. Northerners get a funny story of backwards tricks played on backwards hicks. Southerners get a populist version of pride and rebellion without baggage. The kids get car chases. Grown-ups get Daisy in a bikini or bone Luke with their shirts unbuttoned. So then the author of this article addresses the question, should TV Land have pulled the series? He points out that he's a white man from the North, which I am as well, There may be no opinion on the Confederate flag less relevant than mine. But as someone who believes that pop culture history is important history all the same, I'd read the Washington Post's Alyssa Rosenberg, who argued for reading and watching Dawn with the Wind, despite and because of its race problems, as, quote, a valuable document of the way the lost cause curdled into a regional religion. The Dukes of Hazzard, like any TV in our past, is part of us, whether we watch it or not. But you're also not a killjoy if you watch it, get a kick out of it, and yet are weirded out by the awesome stunt car flying the flag of slavery. The Duke boys, like Whalen told us, wouldn't change if they could, but the times, they change anyway. If you guys have thoughts about the Dukes of Hazard and whether people should be watching it or not, or even playing the game or not, for political reasons, let me know. We're not a political show. We're not going to debate or try to solve any political problems. I'm really just talking specifically about this game and this TV show. What you think about that, what you think about any potential for endorsing a political view or not with this game. Is that why Atari decided not to release it? I guess that's possible too. Although I think it's more likely just the idea that this was 1983, 84. Things are sort of on the decline anyway for Atari and they just didn't like this game because it clearly is not finished. So I get why for those reasons it might not have been released. All right. Well, after the break, we're fighting the system like two modern day Robin Hoods. Oh, wait. Robin Hood was a couple episodes ago. Guess we'll just do more of the same old stuff then. Just the good old boys, never meaning no harm. Just playing some video games, me and my cousin Henry. Wait, that's not right. Anyway, we're playing the Dukes of Hazard, game based on a TV show that I watched faithfully as a kid, the adventures of cousins Bo and Luke fighting the system and burning up lots of gas and riding around in a car with a Confederate flag on it, but we won't get into that right now. Instead, we'll just play this game called Dukes of Hazard with two Z's for extra zip, I guess. Dukes of Hazard, 1983, from Atari. I dig this opening screen. That's kind of cool. I don't know why the sun is pink, but okay. Level one, player one because I have no friends. That's me with the big X on my hood, or roof. There's either Enos or Sheriff Coltrane behind me. Uh-oh. 
Now, these little, three little dots over here. Hey. They're spike strips. I thought you could pick them up. Spike strips. I know that now. I thought when I was playing, I was able to pick them up. Let me try again. Just not. Alright, alright. Okay, I get it. That was definitely not an yeehaw moment. Uh, the town of Hazard, or Hazard County here, looks pretty basic, right? Not a lot to look at. Go away, Roscoe. Cars look pretty basic. They look very much like, um, to my mind, the uh, auto racing cars in the television game Auto Racing. Not today, Roscoe. We're coming, Daisy. That's the whole point of the game, right? We're trying to rescue, rescue Cousin Daisy. Where's the jail? I don't know why Daisy's in jail. That just seems wrong. There's Boss Hog up at the top of the screen and Daisy waving at us. Hi, Daisy. Yay! cut screen. I like that a lot. I kind of just want that on a t-shirt, frankly. Or a piece of art hanging on my wall. I tried watching Dukes of Hazard on TV a few years ago to see if it stood up. Um, honestly, it does not. It was not a great show. It was a fun show when you were like eight. But if you watch it as an adult, yeah, it doesn't really hold up. I did. That might be one of the little glitches in the game. We'll talk more about that, or, or have already talked about that in the episode. Alright, we'll do a little bit more. What? Oh. Alright. Well, that's it then. Uh, those of you watching the video, the recording just sort of ended. Sorry about that. But you get the idea. So we're going to hop back in the General Lee and jump over the pond back to the rest of this episode. Back to you in the studio. Hey everyone, this is Michael, one of the hosts of the Atari XEGS Car by Car podcast. Do you like Atari? Of course you do. What about the 8-bit computer line? It was one of the best. Well, how about you consider joining Bill, David, Kieran, and myself as we review the cartridge-based games for Atari's 8-bit computer line. We also review budget games, which are mostly released only in the UK. But that's not all. We also dig up game history, share personal experiences, and perform questionable comedy. You'll get all of that, and for free, just by listening to us on either iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, Player FM, or from our website at xegs8bit.com. That's x-e-g-s, the number 8, bit.com. And when you're done listening, please send us your hate mail, because we really need the feedback so we know someone is tuning in. Hey, it's me, Bill, your host, the guy you've been listening to this whole episode. Do you enjoy the stories I write and read to you every week on this podcast, but you feel like you just need a break from my voice? I get it. My family does sometimes, too. Here's an option. Some of the stories from the show are now collected in a volume titled Misery Banana, very short stories inspired by old games and odd thoughts. You can order it wherever you like to order books. 
I hope you'll check it out. Thanks. So here's the thing about Dukes of Hazard. Henry! Do we like Dukes of Hazard? Yeah. You probably didn't hear that, but Henry's left the room, and I asked him if he likes Dukes of Hazard, and he said, yeah. Why do we like it? He doesn't know why he likes it. He just does. And that's how life works sometimes. You don't know why you like a thing, but you do. Um, here's where the really cool, what game is Henry playing, while well, we podcast about a different game, Sting would go once one of you sends it to me. And then I ask the question, Henry, what game are you playing while we podcast about a different game? Henry's playing Minecraft. Oh, I see that. I'm looking into the next room now, and he on the TV has Minecraft going. How's it going, Henry? What you doing right now? He doesn't know what he's doing. Is your guy just sort of wandering around? He's not answering me. He is deeply focused on this Minecraft game. So I guess more about that later in another episode. I'm looking at his screen from a different room, and it's just a bunch of green. He appears to be digging a trench? I don't know. I'm trying to look at this from two rooms away. He is perhaps constructing some sort of a building, or a castle, or a Walmart, or something. I don't know. Maybe someday is a bonus uh, video for the Patreon. We'll do uh, Henry Plays Minecraft. In the meantime, this has been... What game is Henry playing while well, we podcast about a different game? It's story time on Atari Bites. Yes, it's story, 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 story time with Bill. This week's story comes to us from Bad Poetry Corner, and it's titled... The Dukes of Hazards, 1Z. An ode to all those really good at screwing us over. So many of us in our lives, moving through life is the goal, man. Trying to keep things light. Keep stuff from hitting the fan. We treat folks with respect. Look out for fellow humans. Protect health, land, air, and soul. We're just doing the best we can. And then there are the others. Some specialize at stirring up trouble, excel at sowing chaos and anger and doubt, belittle and cajole and scorn. If you object, they'll chew you out. Hypocrite much? Crown princes of chaos? Nah. Common folk, except they're loud whiners. But give them a bit of power? Royal pains in our asses set the world on fire. We'll call them Dukes of Hazards. COVID's a cakewalk. Everything is conspiracy. Climate change? What's that? With little evidence for us to see. The Dukes surrounded by princes who spread hate and dubious facts. The more they shout, the more believed. But the one who laughs best laughs last. They say we solved racism already. Stop bugging me about health care. No money for the jobless, but plenty for companies. That's fair. Politics is hazardous. See a duke and you're tempted to put up your dukes. But here's the thing. Not all cops are bad, but some are. Being rich isn't evil, neither is being poor. The way to stop riots is not quelling protests. Be willing to listen or there's the door. Dukes won't negotiate. 
calls for compromise fall on deaf ears. We should all want what's best, even if we need to kick Dukes in the rear. I guess what I'm saying is, and it's tiring to have to do so, and you know already, but here it is. Vote. Hi, this is 8-Bit Rocket, Jeff Fulton, from the End of the Vertical Blank Generation Atari podcast. And you are listening to the incomparable William Pepper and his wonderful stories of the game within a game on the Atari Bytes podcast. When you are done here, come visit us in the Vertical Blank. Now, back to Bill. And that's our show. Thanks to Kevin McLeod and Competech.com for Creative Commons' use of his songs, Reformat, Take a Chance, and Pinball Spring. Thanks to Henry for wandering in and out of the show, per the usual. Thanks to Sean Courtney for the storytime theme. Outrun Roscoe, jump that pond, but don't roll over the Apple Podcast County line so you can issue a Boss Hog-approved five-star review of this show. Email the show at ataribytes2016 at gmail.com. Like the show on our Facebook page. Follow the show on Twitter at ataribytes. Or follow me personally at Carnival of Glee. Also, look us up on Instagram. And don't forget, you can call and leave us a voicemail, too. 563-265-1978. Call and leave a message about pretty much anything you want, and I will probably play it on the show. Check out the website, www.carnivalofgleecreations.com. You can find their information, show notes, links to episodes for this show, Atari Bytes, and my other show, the monthly Peanuts-based podcast. It's a podcast, Charlie Brown. If you thought by peanuts-based, I meant almonds, uh, well, you're disappointed. I'm sorry. But the iconic peanuts comic strip is pretty cool, too, so you should check that show out. The website also has information about books that I've written, including Misery Banana, very short stories inspired by old games and odd thoughts, and links to just a few of the places you can order those books. You might also consider supporting the podcast by subscribing on the uh, to be a patron on the patreon.com Atari Bytes page. Not only will you be helping keep the lights on here at the podcast studio, you can also possibly get extra stuff. Uh, for example, you can get access to episodes early. You don't necessarily have to wait until the day of release, like the common folk. At the $3 per month level or higher, you can also get bonus stuff, like videos of the field report that we air on the broad, uh, on the podcast every week. Oh, that reminds me. Note about this week's field report. If you watch the video, it cuts off just a little bit before before the field report on the episode does. Henry, our, our filmographer, accidentally stopped the video a little bit short of where we usually would. So, sorry about that. So, those videos are up there. Um, we have other videos from time to time. Other stuff goes up there that only patrons get to see. So, please consider doing that. And if you do, you can also be like our existing patrons. Michael Tyler, Jose Cazeta, Sean Courtney, Aerospike, and M. West all fighting the system and leaping over the washed-out bridge of non-support to reach the other side of the Patreon and ride off into the sunset with Daisy Duke or something. I don't know. I kind of lost control of that metaphor. Uh, Unlike the Duke boys, who never lose control of the General Lee. So thank goodness for that. All right. We're about out of here. Sheriff Roscoe is hot on our tail, so we've got to get going. Just enough time left to tell you what happens next time on Atari Bytes. Next week's episode is the last one that goes out before Halloween. So we are playing a game with the Halloweenish title, The Earth Dies Screaming. So 
that's the thing we're going to do next week. Hope you'll join us. So until next time, go play some old games. They've missed you. Fighting the system like a two modern day Robin Hood.